0: Uh, my name is Pastor Jared. If you have any questions, if you are a guest of ours, I'd like to talk to me after the service. We are in week three, and in week one, we looked at the unexpected family. We knew details about the lineage of, of, of Jesus. We knew that he would come from the, the tribe of Judah. We knew that he would be a descendant of King David. But there were many other family members that are unexpected to be a part of Jesus' family tree, and that's what we looked at in week one. Last week, Pastor Brian was here, and he shared on the unexpected pregnancy. You know, people had just different ideas of how the Messiah was going to be entered into this world, and it's, it's someone humbling that Jesus humbled himself, and he came, and he was born into the world like us. A little bit different, because God conceived Mary, and he, it needed to be that way because of the fallen nature of man, and last week, we looked at the angel came to, to the Virgin Mary, and and explain God's plan to her and I don't know how she did it I mean I don't know how anyone would be able would have been able to receive at first she was startled and the angel said don't be afraid but she she responded with a with a heart of humility and obedience to be a part of bringing the Messiah into the world and a lot of people didn't realize that Jesus was going to be born into this world as an infant as a baby dependent upon his mom, and his father's care. And so this week, we're kind of still in the unexpected, but today's message is actually going to bridge the gap from unexpected to expected today and also on Christmas Eve. Because what we're going to be looking at today is joy. And that word joy, I want to just start off, means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And depending on, you know, your definition of the word joy, or really where joy comes from, it could really influence you. But I feel like it's important for us to kind of start with this. There's a famous pastor, and I like how John Piper kind of explains the, the definition of joy. He says, a good feeling within the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. And we're going to see this today. We're going to see this joy. And there's really three main characters that we're going to be looking at. We're going to look at the Virgin Mary again. We're also going to look at Elizabeth and we're going to look at John the Baptist. And within those environments of those people, we're going to see the good news. We're going to see the joy on the inside. And we're going to see this third point this singing out. But if you're sitting here today, I, w- I want to ask this question to you, you know, Have you experienced this joy? That comes from Scripture. In God's Word, it talks a, a lot about making a joyful noise. So that's in that worship element. We just sat while we stood, and we sang some worship songs together. And, and God's Word says, you know, make a joyful noise. In your worship, sing out to me. And it really just, again, everything that we look at in God is so relational. Even in singing and the worship, it's that relationship with God and that relationship of focusing on Him and all that Jesus has done in our lives. And out of that joy and out of that time of worship, we just come to him and proclaim his truths. And it's just an amazing opportunity for us. And I know many people at times don't feel comfortable. I remember being in that season early on as a a follower of Christ. I didn't like being in an environment of worship where I could hear my voice because I cannot sing. But I said, you know what? I'm going to make a joyful noise, and I don't care. And if the people around me, they actually can't sing either. So that's the good news. We're all in this together. But as we get into the message today, we're also going to look at four questions. And we're going to start with this question I seem to have lost control, Bruce. What excites you enough to pull you up off the couch? Now, ladies, this involves you too, because I know you could just be thinking about the man. You're like, I haven't been able to get him out of, off the couch for years. So. But this is everybody. What excites you, meaning what is God doing and has done in your life that motivates you to a place where you want to share this information, that you want to get off the couch that you want, and you're excited to share about details about something that is happening in your life. Here's some examples of this, and I think most people can understand this. So when people get engaged, when there's people who have been dating and they finally get to that place, and they're going to make that commitment to marriage, they want to share that. They want to share that information. And a lot of engagements happen around this time of year, and the reason why is this is a time of year that many families come together, and so they're able to, to share things and to be able to be excited together and celebrate what is happening in people's lives. Also, you'll see, uh, you know, parents that are expecting. Again, it's all common in this time of year to, to share that, that news if it's happened within the recent, you know, weeks or months, and they become aware and families come together. It's just a great celebration. I've had the ability to be excited, I you know, God blessed us with three boys and each and every time I, I was excited to get on the phone. I was excited to be with friends and family and share that information. And then there's all kinds of things, graduations and graduating from high school or college. That's a big achievement for that person in that season of life. And they want to share that. And there's all different kinds of things. But sadly enough, some of the things that don't make the list is our relationship with God. And we're going to kind of dig into that a little bit. But when's the last time you were able to share with somebody something about how, what God has done in your life? Or the good news, the gospel message? A lot of times, if you do your research, Christians, for whatever reason, are hesitant about sharing about their faith or sharing about what God has done, especially what he did on the cross or what he is doing. But we all run, if you look at Facebook if you look at social media, we're sharing at a rate that we've never been able to really experience before, and there's so many things we share about. But what are the things that excite you in your relationship with God that you want to get up off the couch and you want to go share that? And so we're going to start with this good news. I'm going to need somebody to... There you go. Luke 1, 39 through 40... Again, this is Mary, so after she, she has just been given the message from Gabriel, the message from God, and it says, after that, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. So we can see that Mary was motivated. She got this news from the angel. It turned into action. She wanted to go share that information. So after a couple days... She didn't have to travel very far, but then she hurried. There's this this sense of excitement that she wanted to share with Elizabeth. So to understand the details of Elizabeth, we're going to go back to the earlier chapter, chapter one, and we're going to see when Elizabeth is kind of introduced. And so here's what it says in Luke 1 verses, well, that's 11, not one eleven through 13. It says, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, that's Elizabeth's husband, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid. Almost anywhere an angel confronts somebody, there's a sense of fear. And every time the angel says, don't be afraid, and he put Zechariah kind of at ease. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. Now, this is, the, this is the first of the miraculous births that God is intervening because there's some similarities between Zechariah and Elizabeth. And if you go back to Genesis chapter 17, you'll see Abraham and Sarah. They were long in their years, meaning uh, Sarah was barren, she was old, and she was unable to have kids. Well, Elizabeth is in that same season of life. She's much, she's much too old to have kids. She hasn't been able to have kids. But it says God has heard their prayer, they've wanted kids, but to this point, and now they're so old they don't believe they can have kids, now God's going to intervene. And it says, and you are to name him John. And so what we learn in this is Elizabeth is Mary's cousin, and John is John the Baptist. So Jesus and John the Baptist are cousins, and this is the the mention of how John is going to enter into the world. But it's interesting that within all of this structure, there was one thing Zechariah did. And I don't have it up here on the text, but it says he doubted. He doubted the angel Gabriel when he came with that message. And as a result of that, because he says, we are far too old, my wife is far too old, and my wife is barren. And what he did in this moment, Zachariah put the focus on him He really wasn't focusing on what the angel, God's messenger, was saying. And he put the focus on himself and his wife. And because of that doubt, he was unable to speak. Now just think about that. He's been waiting and waiting and waiting all the way until their older years to finally have a child. And now he cannot go home and verbally speak this message to his wife. Now, we know that he had a writing tablet, and we know that by the end when, when John was born, the family and the community came together, and they said, you should name him Zachariah. And he wrote on his writing tablet, no, his name is John. And at that moment, then he could speak again. So as far as Elizabeth, he had to either come home and play charades or you know, possibly write it out. But I just... It just breaks my heart in that sense that he wasn't verbally able to sit down and communicate how challenging that would have been, how excited they became, and soon as soon as they saw God's plan being fulfilled without the ability to really to verbalize to one another. But what a blessing that is. And so now we go back. We go back to Mary. So understanding who Elizabeth is and who John is, and if you could advance it to the next slide, please. This question, who's in your good news inner circle? When we think about getting up off the couch, who are you going to go to? Who are you going to share this news with? For Mary, it's Elizabeth and John. Who is that for you? You know, over the years, I think about this, and there's been a lot of opportunity. But I remember coming here to Utah, God You know, brought us here. We didn't really know anyone. We don't have any family in the entire state until now, after my son is, my oldest son is married. So there is a sense of more family. But for all these, we've been here 17 years, and really, I'm grateful and thankful for the Alpine family. We started attending this church just just like you guys are attending right now. I knew God was calling me from California into ministry, but didn't know the details of it. And really that community of that faith community here at Alpine really became our inner circle. Because of what God was doing in my life, I couldn't believe that he was providing all this for every need and for every opportunity to lead me into ministry. And it was with Alpine Church and the community of Alpine Church. And I got to experience and live that out. And so, for a, and, and, and still even today, there's just this amazing circle of family that we have unrelated but through Christ, we're all related as my brothers and sisters in Christ. And it has been incredible, incredible support. And I look back because I needed that support. Because I go back to some of my family members and their response about me going into ministry wasn't all the response I was actually looking for. There was a lot of questions. There was a lot of doubt. And I get it. But it was my family here in Utah that supported me and really gave me that encouragement, that encouragement that I needed. I didn't need any help to be hesitant about what God was doing, and I love my Alpine family. So you might be thinking here that you haven't really gotten a whole lot of support from your family, you know, your related family, and maybe you have, but it comes in all different ways, that kind of support. But hopefully, what God is Speaking to us here today is that we need that faith community. We need those people in our lives that are a part of our inner circle. That when we have news to share, whether it's the gospel, whether what God is doing in our lives, that we have those people in the inner circle. So let's take a close look at this now with Mary and Elizabeth. It says this in Luke 1 41 through 43. It says, At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? Now, there's some good things happening here. We're going to look at three things in these three, in these three verses, and here's the first. Elizabeth is communicating, your child is blessed. So Mary at this time has not had the opportunity to share anything with Elizabeth. But Elizabeth already knows. And the reason she already knows, to the next slide, is because Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, in Acts chapter 2, and this is 30 some odd years before this, in Acts chapter 2, it talks about when people come to faith and how the Holy Spirit dwells in us. It's at that moment when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we have the right information, and we understand what Jesus did on the cross, and he took our place, and he gave his life for us. And when we believe in that message, and we have a heart that says, I want to follow you, Jesus, the Bible right then says, that's your faith moment. That's when the Holy Spirit is dwell comes upon you and is inside of you, that we have the power of God in us. Now, before that time, God, because he's in control of all things, still had the ability through the Holy Spirit to dwell in people. And we see that sometimes it was a temporary dwelling. Um, John the Baptist, we're going to see that in just a minute. But here's what's important to understand, that the Holy Spirit was in Elizabeth at the moment when she opened that door and God revealed must have revealed the details to her because she is the one that acknowledges her. She says, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? She knows that Jesus is there in and with Mary. But it goes beyond that. It goes now to John the Baptist at the sound of Mary's greeting, it says, Elizabeth, child within, John the Baptist, leaped, leaped within or kicked, some translations. Man, that is an awesome gift. All three boys, I can remember that time where there, there started to be that movement and that kicking, and I'd come to Paul and you'd be able to, to feel that movement within her. I mean, it's just, it's just really amazing, women and it's an awesome gift how God allows us to be a part of bringing people into this world, but feeling that child. And here, in some translations, it says he leaped with joy. And so not only does Elizabeth experience being you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, now we see that John the Baptist, this infant inside Elizabeth, is also, because the next slide If you go back earlier in Luke, it's talking about John the Baptist. And it says, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. In the womb, he is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this Christmas story and how it's unfolding, maybe you've really never looked at this in detail, but it's clear that Mary was experiencing this joy. This joy that is produced by the Holy Spirit And Elizabeth was experiencing this joy. And John the Baptist within the womb is alive. He is a person and he is experiencing this joy. If you want to know about a verse that God is about pro-life, it's right here because he's talking about details before a child is born. And there's many, many others, but this is a great defense for when you're talking about life and pro-life, that God has it all planned out. And I know there are some difficult situations that people have to experience and deal with, but no one knows more than God. And God is miraculous, and He can work in any environment, in any hardship, in any detail. But we see now, at this place in the story, that Jesus is alive in Mary. John the Baptist is alive in Elizabeth. And it's because of the coming of Jesus that the Holy Spirit came and filled their hearts and they're able to be filled with the joy that comes and produced by the Holy Spirit. So here's the next question. How did it feel when you first met Jesus? This can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But how did it feel? Do you remember? I know for some people it's hard. They, they're young, and I love this. They're, they're young, and their parents have been bringing them to church, and their, their parents have been talking to them, and kids' church has been pouring into them, and there's this just great connection of how the family of believers work together for families with children who come. And they really don't remember like that defining moment in their life where they really surrendered to Jesus, but over, over time they came to faith. I mean, I think that's an amazing gift. That is an amazing gift that parents can give to their children. That's Deuteronomy 6. That's really the, the call and the charge that God's Word gives to parents. And maybe you're here and you're like, yeah, I don't actually remember the day. It was more of a progression. And I came to understand who Jesus was, and I, I believed in it, and it was just a progression over time. But I was in my mid-20s, and let me just tell you, I was having a good day. I'll never forget that day. It was a good day. And I was sitting in a service just like this and I remember I needed something I knew I was missing something in my life and I used to say it like this I knew I was making a mess and that's the sinful part because there's two things that are required that we have to have the understanding the right information about what Jesus did for us the first is we have to understand the truth about us that we're all sinners we all fall short of the glory of God. And so, when I say I was making a mess in my life, that's the sin. That's all the sin stuff that I was struggling with dealing with. And I was sitting in a service, and a pastor led through that sinfulness. It's like, if you are here and you're struggling with sin, know that you can be forgiven. And it's like, okay, keep going. And it's by doing this, it's by putting your faith and trust believing in Jesus and trusting in him for the forgiveness of your sins, that's how you're saved. It's not about doing, it's about believing. And I responded to that message and it just made so much sense. That's what I was missing in life. I knew I was making a mess of my own life. I knew I was missing something and I was searching and I was going to church and I was searching. I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful on that day that there was a message centered on the cross talking about salvation because that's what I was thirsting for. That's what I was looking for. And it sounded so easy and so simple. And I was just drawn to it. And I don't know your story. But hopefully you've been able to experience this joy. This joy that Mary's talking about and she's experienced. This, this joy that Elizabeth is talking about. We see this word all over right now at this time of the year. Because he is joy to the world. He is bringing us joy. It's produced and it, it's within us from the Holy Spirit. And it is amazing And my hope is that there's nothing in your life, life circumstances, people, whatever, that's robbing you of this joy, this joy that he gives every single single one of us to be able to experience. And it's because when you spend time with Jesus, when you're in a relationship with Jesus, the outcome of that, the outcome of that relationship is joy. And that's why even when we face trials in James, he says, consider it pure joy when you face trials, when you face challenges in life. Happy, happiness is based on circumstances. So if you're having a good day and good things are happening, you might be happy. But there's many days where life's challenging and happiness flees in that moment. But joy does not. Joy never flees. Joy is not based on circumstances. And that's the joy that Jesus has for each and every one of us. And my hope is that when you look at this, you're able to communicate, man, just like Pastor G said, I was having a good day. And I was overwhelmed with this joy. And I was forgiven of my sin. And this weight, this weight of darkness was lifted off my life. That's the joy that Jesus wants us all to be able to experience. And if you're here today just seeking a relationship My hope is that you would receive that gift of salvation that only comes from Jesus. And it's not about doing, it's by believing. So now we're going to look at Mary's response. The singing out. It's called the Magnificat. And what it is, it's a poem slash song. And we're going to see that Mary comes to a place of worship In proclamation, she wants to worship God by this news that she is a part. At first, she was terrified, but now she's on board, and she's an obedient, humble servant for God now. And she transitions into this place of worship because when we experience this joy, it should move us in a direction to action, and it moves us, and what Mary's showing us here today, it moves us to worship and proclaiming the truths about God We're going to go through this. It's three slides. It says this, Mary responded, Oh, my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. And we continue. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. When you go back, I encourage you to go back and read this. What Mary's quoting is so much of the Old Testament quotes here. But I love it because, again, she has this humility about herself. And really she starts off and she's just praising God. I praise you, God. I praise you that you took notice of me. And it's again, she, she recognizes that she calls him my Savior, that Jesus in her womb, she is raising, she is pregnant with her Savior, the one who is going to save her because she needed to be saved. And she responds by calling him, the baby infant within her, that is my Savior because I need to be saved from my sins. And then she goes on, and if you go back, You'll see the word he, he took notice. He did, he did, he brought, he promised. It's all about God. It's all about God. And my hope is that we would have this as we are wrapping up this message here today, thinking about this joy that comes from Jesus, that we would have hearts that say, I want to go to a place of worship and proclaiming your truths, God. That's the call. We see this in Acts chapter two. As soon as the Holy Spirit comes upon them, they prayed for boldness, because now Jesus has ascended into heaven, and now it's their responsibility to go out into the world and proclaim God's truth. And I think for us, we need to be a church that is also praying for boldness, and to have this be a reminder to us that it is our responsibility. Yes, to receive God's joy, which is a blessing from him, but to respond in a place that leads to action, which is to come to worship God and proclaim his truths to those who need to hear it. So here's the last question. The last question I'm going to leave you with today is who's going to hear your song this Christmas Eve? Last week, Brian said, pick up three of these, or maybe it was the week before Pastor Dean was here. I can't recall. Who has God put on your heart that you need to drop this invite card into the hands of because they need to hear your song, what God is doing in your life? You know, if you're like, well, I'm not quite sure what to say. Well, just say how God is working in your life, how he's blessed you. You know, I think, For many of us, there's a lot of things that we can come up with with family, jobs, career. I mean, we are in the wealthiest country in the world, per se, and he's given us so much. God has given us so much. Start there. And then talk about what God has done on the cross. He saved me. I didn't deserve it, but he came and he gave his life for me. I'm a nobody, but God loves nobodies. Thank God for that. And he uses average people. And so if you're average, good. That's what God wants. He wants to use average people. My hope is that you'd take this invite card, think about it, and then go and proclaim God's truth to that individual, that God wants to use you in the process of drawing that person closer to him. The good news is God does all the saving. He does all the heavy lifting. He just wants to use you as the invite. And so I pray that we'd be invitational. Let's pray together.